welcome to Streaming Into the Void, where we discuss all the streaming news for the week ending October 1st, 2022. This week, another ratings-heavy episode that may or may not include the correct pronunciation of Breathalona. I'm Kim Hollis, who was planning a dramatic new hairstyle, but the universe interfered. Should I take that as a sign? Was it going to be like Bow Wow Wow, I Want Candy style? No, not that dramatic. Also, Tim Brighty, content creator and gamer, going to the playoffs, whether David likes it or not. L-F-G-M. <laughs> What's my catchphrase, Tim? <laughs> ah, yes, I'm, I'm cracking you up. I know. They can't even spell their name right on their jerseys. Meats. <laughs> Meats. I, I want one of those. I don't know where that came from, but I want one of those. Also, David Mumpower, author of Disney Demystified, streaming media analyst, and someone who mistakenly thought D23 would be the biggest Disney story he covered this month. How rugged was our week, Kim? It was not the best week. I hate you, Hurricane Ian. And it was a drop in the bucket compared to many people we love. So thank God you're all safe. Yes. And the podcast is produced and edited by Raul Burial, who's in his second week in hiding. David Zaslav will never find him. All right, let's go ahead and talk about ratings. And we're going to lead off that discussion by talking a little bit about Amazon and Thursday Night Football. So Amazon waited a full week to actually release their Nielsen ratings. And as a reminder, they specifically hired Nielsen for this purpose, which means we have every reason in the world to question the validity of what we're about to say. We accept that in advance. But we do know that according to Amazon and Nielsen, the streaming broadcast of the first Thursday night football game actually reached 20 million people. They had an average of 13.03 million viewers, which is somewhat misleading because 1.16 million of those were actually people watching on local simulcasts, which means they weren't streaming on Amazon at all. But still, we're talking about, you know, nearly 12 million people watching. And then Tim, that was a matchup of Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes. Week two was Cleveland's backup quarterback versus Pittsburgh's backup quarterback. (laughs) How did that work? Uh, they said average 11, about 11 million, 11.03 million viewers. So down. And then that, that includes the local viewing, which, which actually was higher uh, than, than the first week, because those are two definitely football crazy cities, 1.8 million. So that's about, that's under 10 million, 9.85 million viewers via streaming. So what we're looking at here is that Amazon is considering this a success so far. And places like AdAge, places like Business Week are saying advertisers are generally happy because Amazon made some ambitious statements about what to expect from the ratings. And they've kind of reached that level. I would say that everybody is looking around going, it's probably not this, but it's close enough. And close enough is a win. Amazon did do some hilarious cherry picking. I mean, absolutely hilarious where Mm -hmm. they were comparing the ratings to like week 15 and then like 11 games from 2020 rather than doing any apples to apples comparisons. But it is fine until Thursday. And then what happened on Thursday? Thursday was terrible. It was the Miami Dolphins versus the Cincinnati Bengals, which is actually a pretty great matchup. If Mm -hmm. you think about it, the Miami undefeated Cincinnati, the returning Super Bowl runners up (laughs) And 
unfortunately, Tua Tagliavoa got hurt. The, quarter, the, the quarterback for the Dolphins who had suffered likely some sort of injury just Probably a few days earlier. Just, just a, concu- a concussion just a few days earlier because both these teams played on Sunday and now they're playing on Thursday. Ugh. For some reason he was cleared to play this game and during one play got slammed to the turf pretty hard and uh, had had to be taken away from the game on uh, on a stretcher. David and I actually turned the game off at that point, by the way. So it was, we, we quit watching. And I say that as like a huge Joe Burrow fan. I love him. He's Cincinnati's quarterback. And I had no desire to watch that game any longer. And yeah, and for as much as David talks about the Atlanta Braves, I tend to think of him as a football fan first. So for him to say that he had stopped watching the game was pretty shocking. It's just because this was, it was, I watched the clip it was gross online reaction was was just worried about his really the rest of his career and I, it makes me wonder how I, I even like tweeted something like that. I just don't understand how this is still considered the most popular sport because of just things like this. And the, the play itself doesn't look too bad. It's not it wasn't like horrific, but it was just like the aftermath of it was was not good, especially if you know what had happened to him just a few days earlier. That's exactly why it's problematic. I, I told Kim that was an innocuous hit by NFL standards. Whenever I play Madden football, one of the first things I do is I try and trade for Jamar Chase of the Bengals and Jalen Waddell of the Miami Dolphins. They are two of my favorite 10 players in football. I adore them. This matchup was huge to me. And we did turn it off because there was a moment where Kim suddenly said, Ew! And I wasn't looking at the screen at the time, so I looked up. And we were actually downstairs watching on our massive 80-inch TV. And at this point, I realized Tua's fingers are bent at an odd angle. And I thought that was a finger injury at first. Because, you know, we actually were just watching Takeo Spikes today on the SEC Network showing how one of his fingers bends at a right angle. Because that happens in football. As disgusting as it is, you get permanent injuries to your fingers. I thought Tua had had something like that. And it was only after a minute and a half that I suddenly became aware, based on comments from other people, that was a brain injury and his body had done a subconscious reaction to it, which means it wasn't the hit on Thursday that did anything. It was the hit on Sunday. And I swear to God that on Monday, Miami changed it so that they listed Tua as having a back injury rather than a head injury. Because if we're honest, the NFL still doesn't care about the health and safety of its players. They're a product. That's it to the NFL and its slaver owners. And that's why it was impossible for me to watch football again on Thursday and the Falcons play tomorrow. And I'm really, really conflicted because Tim's right. I love the Falcons. I love the Falcons. And it would be really hard for me to imagine not watching a live football game because I spend six months during the offseason just counting down the moments. But I am incredibly upset by this and it never should have happened. The NFL has fired the doctor who was the independent analyst on Sunday. However, let's be honest, the person was specifically doing what the NFL wanted them to do, which was giving them, you know, a clear conscience on the fact that a player can go back in the game. Yeah, if you Google the term fencing response, that is what was literally happening to him as he was on the ground. And that's that's not a good thing at all. There was a Will Smith movie about concussions in the NFL. And as shocking as this is to say, it really hasn't gotten any better. And Amazon on Thursday night was just showing someone nearly die on the field over and over on a loop. 
And I'm curious to see whether or not that impacts Amazon's ratings. But let's be honest, that is a trivial part of the whole thing because we need the thousands of people who play National Football League football to be safe. And this is potentially problematic, not really for Amazon, but for the NFL and by extension, Amazon. But yeah, this is going to put a black mark potentially on the rest of the season if he, because we don't know what his status will be going forward. He may not play again this season or possibly at all. He should not play again this season. Let's all say what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. He should not. This is the type of thing you wonder how how close he is to brain bleeding. I mean, it is that serious a thing. And Miami's head coach is a very nice young man. He's 34 years old. He has a work ethic as being one of the guys and just an incredibly hard worker. But he said something during his press conference yesterday because ownership is too much of a coward to come out. General manager was too much of a coward to come out. They sent the head coach out there who was the guy who would know the least about the situation, honestly. And his comment was he was thankful it was just a concussion. And folks, that might as well have come with alarms, whistles, bells, because that tells you everything about the NFL when you're saying just a concussion. That is literally brain damage, and they don't get it. All right, then. So let's transition from Thursday night Amazon football to Thursday night Amazon Hobbits. <laughs> Wait, both are on the same day? You get football and you get Hobbits? Wow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I never would have thought I'd say that this week I would have preferred the Hobbits to the football. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we are going to then talk about the Nielsen streaming ratings for Sunday, August 29th through Sunday, September 4th, 2022. And yeah, uh, with a bang, your most watched show on streaming of the week, according to Nielsen, is The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, debuting with two episodes, 1.2 billion minutes, both of which premiered on September 1st, which was a Thursday. So right before football started. And then now they are the Thursday night football game on Amazon and then the the new episode of Lord of the Rings. But that's a big number, especially for, uh, as we always say, a non-Netflix service. It is a huge number. I do want to normalize it a little bit the same way that we've been talking about sitcom slash 30-minute episodes recently. It's two episodes that were more than 60 minutes long. So you kind of cut this number in half a little bit. It's closer to the 600, 650 million range than it is to the 1.25 billion. But it is still an incredible number. And we haven't fact-checked this. I meant to, but we had hurricane eating and there wasn't time, which didn't affect us. Kim and I were just impacted at work. Because of that, we're not sure, but it is very, very rare, if not unprecedented, for Amazon to actually win the ratings. Yeah, I want to say it has happened before. I believe it might have been Reacher, or I know it was up there, but I don't know if it won a week, but was it initially Wheel of Time doing very well for them with the first couple episodes? So it might have been one of those, but I don't think it's the first time, but I'm leaning towards Reacher, but it's definitely not the first time we've seen an Amazon show lead the original list. What's surprising to me about it really is just the fact that it hasn't seemed to make any sort of imprint on the zeitgeist. Uh, In terms of pop culture, I am just not hearing people talk about the show for the most part. So I'm almost relieved by this because I was afraid it was bombing. And this is not the type of number you would see for something that's bombing. It's just apparently I'm not in the right circles to hear people talk about it. Yeah, it may be how I've curated my social media or at least what the types of shows that people I follow are into. But I see way more talk about uh, House of the Dragon than I do about this. 
Yeah, for sure. And again, maybe it is the way we curate the things that we read and hear, but I have also not heard a whole lot about that. And I am someone who loved the Lord of the Rings books. I haven't watched this series yet. Not to say that I won't necessarily. It's just not weirdly high on my list. I've actually been waiting for you to suggest to watch it. I mean, I've mentioned three or four times that we could and you haven't shown much interest yet. Can you kind of explain why? Well, I mean, I know it's based on the Cimmerillion, which is a little bit impenetrable. That, that's yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't realize where what its source material yeah. was, and that that's the the deep cuts. Okay, yeah, I know that much, it you know. is, and a lot of. A lot of the things I've seen people say about it is that it's boring and <laughs> more walking around. <laughs> now, I am not someone who's opposed to a slow-moving show. I, I can actually watch them and enjoy them. But there's not been like that feedback that says, oh my gosh, this is great. You have to watch it. Yeah, I see the reviews are, they're positive, but not glowing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's it, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I assume Amazon is viewing this as a huge win so far, but unlike a lot of shows where we wait to see if they're going to get renewed or if there's going to be a second season, they basically went ahead and said, yeah, there's going to be five seasons of this. Yeah. So we'll, we should be seeing this one for a a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this, this is, this is running through, you know, mid, mid October. The second season is apparently about to start filming. Uh, So they're all in on it. I mean, they've apparently the commitment initially came out saying basically they're spending a billion bucks for it. So Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's not it's not bombing. It would have been a disaster if if, if it had. It, like I said, we we know where maybe it's just who we who we follow, who we talk to, who we who we know. But yeah, I feel like no one's talking about this. But this is still a very good number. I feel like the we're going to do this for five seasons. I hear that more as a threat. But you know, teach their own. <laughs> I was waiting for a joke along that lines from, from you. Five whole seasons. What? <laughs> how, how much could I pay for Prime to have you not do that? Yes. <laughs> Star Wars, Hobbits, and New York Mets. My favorite three targets. <laughs> <laughs> we do have some other uh, new shows on the list this week. Second is Devil in Ohio. Eight episodes, 716 million minutes. Is that one with... Yep. Emily Deschanel, yes. I was briefly worried it was a true crime documentary, mm-hmm. but no, it, it's it's a series. I do remember we talked about it on uh, on What's New for, for that week. It's it's very dark and and creepy. It's it's based on a book, at least, so it's mm-hmm. a, you know, it's got some source material. But yeah, that's actually solid. This is just a three-day number, too, that's dropped on the second. Wow. It appears to show a, a jump in viewership uh, next week. It actually won't be the top show, though, Netflix show, because uh, Cobra Kai appears to have beaten it, and we'll get that number next week. But yeah, no, this, this is actually, I think I think this is pretty solid, and I guess this book was more familiar with people than, than I thought. It did have a super creepy trailer. It was the kind of trailer that made me never want to watch it. But, you know, if you're into cultist stuff, it, it definitely had the hook. Stranger Things is still here in third, 667 million minutes for its 34 episodes. Echoes, 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 echoes. Uh, also still in fourth. We saw that win last week. This is 627 million minutes. Uh, something new in fifth. I am a killer. 558 million <laughs> minutes for 26 episodes. Yeah, this is actually a second season of a, a British, actually, uh, crime investigation show. The first season came in 2018. The second season actually aired in the UK in 2020 and just now made it to Netflix. Hmm, Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But, you know, people love things that, you know, sort of title and true crime and depressing, horrible 
people doing horrible things. So yeah, I guess that's why it's here. Sure, why not? Sure. It's mm-hmm. can be disappointed in people for watching it though. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Do better, people. Uh, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law from Disney Plus, 472 million minutes, now with three episodes. Think Pretty we'll solid. Continue to see this rise. Yeah. Yep. It's about a half hour show, so. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we found kind of like the level that the Marvel shows are going to to do. And I have to believe that they're they're generally happy with their performances. Pretty much all of them have just been like one-off series, right? They're not, there aren't many season twos. We've got a Loki season two coming okay. for sure. And a what if season two? Is that it, David? That's well, that's sort of separate from the MCU though, because that just takes things off into a it does totally different direction and is Animated too, right? Ms. Marvel has also been renewed for season two. Oh, yeah. and, okay. And you know what? I have to be careful when I say that. I'm aware of the fact there's a season two. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Oops. We can scoop everybody. No one listens to this podcast. Come on. There you go. As first mentioned on Streaming Into the Void, Ms. Marvel gets a season two. <laughs> the other thing I'll say here is episode three of She-Hulk is legitimately sitcom length. It's like 22 to 24 minutes. So it is really, really impressive when She-Hulk is on this list. I totally expected it. We knew it wasn't going to be with the first week, but I expected it to grow as it added episodes because the reviews were outstanding for it. And at least the the reaction anyway, if not the reviews. Episodes three and four, those are the ones that have a real wow factor to them. The one we'll get next week is the one that has the breakout character that just captivated the internet for a week. So that's the one I'm really looking forward to the numbers for. (laughs) Is it Madison with a Y? But not where I think? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. It's on on my list to get to eventually. That's what I was going to say. You're not watching the show and you know the character, right? Yeah, yes. Just just from the memes, yes. So it definitely had it, some to some impact, yes. The show has just a ridiculous number of awesome tertiary characters. It's a wealth of them and it makes the most of them. It's awesome. One of the things they've done, the most recent episode, which we won't get the ratings for for a while, but there was a room with four or five other Marvel characters and people are going to realize this because it just seems so fake but all of those are real from Marvel comics they just seem like you know total laughing stock characters but they're based on real things and hilariously they actually <laughs> costumes that are accurate for the characters so there is a lot going on in She-Hulk that is, that is worth the hype there really is this would have been the episode where the abomination was uh, trying to argue his parole which you know as you might imagine would be difficult for someone who caused billions of dollars in destruction but hey she helps a good attorney and seventh is the still yet to be renewed for season two sandman 432 million minutes for 11 episodes total what if we just go ahead and announce it's been renewed and you know you heard it here first i'm right. screaming into the void that sandman has been renewed for season two and that will pressure netflix to go ahead and, do and then since, and then since they obviously listen netflix will have to address it yes Yes, yep. we'll, so we'll find out either way, yes. Yes. I will say that Neil Gaiman has been dropping hints that are a lot more positive, so I think they've kind of come to their senses that a good show has its own value. So I, I'm extremely optimistic it is going to get that season two. Hope so. That's good. Uh, Virgin River is still here in eighth, 428 million minutes, 42 episodes total. Uh, something else new this week, Partner Track, 413 million minutes for 10 episodes. This is a legal drama. 
Yeah, I won't lie. This is the one I had to Google, and that's after we covered it in What's New in Streaming. So, yeah, we probably did talk about it because it's a series, but I don't recall it at all. Yeah, it uh, it has an Asian lead character, and I did see some conversation around people who had enjoyed it. So it clearly had a little following. This is actually a full week number for it because it arrived the previous Friday on the 26th of August. So we probably won't see it again from here because this tends to be the peak for many shows, the first uh, seven days of its existence or next seven days of its, it, its existence after its release. But it's good to see something moderately breaking out. And I wouldn't uh, be surprised to see it get a season two if possible. Could Probably could not, not have been expensive for them to make. And we wrap up originals with Untold, the Netflix a sports documentary series now up to nine episodes 301 million minutes though most of that viewing came from the manti teo episode unfortunately in a few years there may be a new episode about tua tagliavoa and i will not be watching that if that exists because this is it's a, it's just a terrible terrible story if this does end up derailing his career yeah you're absolutely correct in any number of ways as a matter of fact a dear friend texted me and said boy i'm worried this is going to be season ending for tua and i'm like i think that is the absolute best case scenario mm-hmm. worst case scenario is he sues espn amazon just you know the nfl everybody he can over their coverage of this as a matter of fact i thought highly of Marcus Spears, who is an ESPN announcer, for taking blame and saying, I knew this was bad on Monday. It was on me as a member of the media to not stand up and shame Miami and pressure them not to play him, which is what we all need to be doing. I will add that the ninth episode is about Australia 2, the yacht crew. So I cannot believe that that did much to help the ratings. So yeah, I'm with you. I think it's still Manti Teo. Yeah, it's added episodes the last two weeks, but has declined. So it was it basically peaked with the, the Manti Teo episode because that story is absolutely ridiculous, even though some of the others are moderately interesting. But it was like the ESPN 30 for 30. Some of them made you be like, I need to watch watch this. And then a couple were just like, well, I don't really care about that. This is the brilliant part of it when you're in situations like this, because it appeals to Notre Dame fans and maybe even more to Notre Dame haters. So <laughs> than a lot of people. That's a lot of people. All right. So in movies, it is once again led by me time, 927 million minutes. Nothing more to say. It's it's Kevin Hart. It's Mark Wahlberg. Isn't that enough for you people? Apparently it is because that's, that's a lot of viewers for this movie that is terribly reviewed. But we do have some new stuff this week. Second is Love in the Via, 502 million minutes. This is... Hot Vampire Diaries on Umbrella Academy action. That's what yeah, this is. Yes. The Umbrella Academy's Tom Hopper stars in this new romantic comedy about a woman who takes a trip to Italy and finds an attractive yet annoying person in her rented villa. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's the their attempt I... at a Hallmark movie, I'm sure. It, it is, yes. They do, that. they do this every now and again. Yes. I wasn't actually going to joke here. This is the honest to God truth. The last time I saw this, it starred Lacey Chabert, and it got two sequels. So it's <laughs> definitely <laughs> the works. Also new to the ratings this week in third is... Something from HBO Max. Here's Elvis, 482 million minutes. That's really cool that that charted, actually. Yeah, it is. Yep, arrived actually on HBO Max on September 2nd. So this is just the weekend. So that's actually very solid. I think we could see it take a jump next week. 
we actually used the opportunity of the Elvis re-releases to buy a giant batch of movies on Voodoo for my mother, who is the number one Elvis fan in the world. She actually had tickets to a concert for the first time the month after he died. It has bothered her for 40 years, no joke. And she said that this movie isn't very good. So there's that. <laughs> I never expected her to really enjoy it, though. It's Buzz, exactly. And <laughs> it's this is it's not her. It's not. Gonna yeah, be he thing. he's too out there for a lot of people. Yes. Yeah, it did really well though. It actually did a hundred fifty million domestically. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah, I I think it's it's pretty interesting and good to see that the films that are were box office hits now you know once we entered 2021 and early 2022 now that those movies are arriving on streaming we are seeing them actually still also do well on streaming in addition to doing well at the box office uh samaritan is in fourth we saw that last week this that's from amazon prime 378 million minutes but something else new in fifth i came by 325 million minutes this is a british crime thriller starred let's see oh he won okay and some other people that I don't know. Okay. Sing 2 has been here for a while. It, that's still in 6, 259 million minutes. And then in 7th, we have Collateral, 254 huh. million minutes. And in 8th... Well done! This, this is 40, yeah. 217 million minutes. As we have turned the calendar in the ratings. Yes, I had to check. Both of these movies arrived on Netflix on September 1st. So uh-huh. there they are. Yeah. That was my guess when I saw the list. And yes... Confirmed. Returning to Netflix from wherever they were, how long were they were gone? We, we we don't know, but yeah, that's why you have you know a, a 2004 movie and a 2012 movie here. Collateral is one of those films that was a victim of bad timing because America was angry with Tom Cruise at the time. Mm-hmm. If it had come out. Five years prior or eight years after, it would have been one of the most revered films I I can ever recall. Mm -hmm. And I am dead serious when I say that if I listed the best five movies of the 2000s, Collateral would be somewhere on that list and it might win. It is a perfect film. And I mean an absolutely perfect film film and i say that as a hypercritical person yeah you know the other thing too is with top gun maverick that a lot of people are probably more interested in the whole tom cruise back catalog excellent point like yeah remember when tom cruise played a bad guy yeah go watch this movie yeah brilliantly and let me say jamie fox and jada pinkett really rose to the occasion there as well and there are some like like side characters like a jazz musician where you would think this is a small role but it mattered michael mann absolutely nailed everything about this film i'm thrilled to see it here and we like this is 42 didn't we kim we did and it was i believe it came out around the time we were 40 so um yeah it it resonated some and speak for yourself on that (laughs) And I'm I'm always up for Leslie Mann. Who is Kim's doppelganger in life, legitimately. <laughs> My life doppelganger. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny to your point about Tom Cruise, David. Jamie Foxx actually got a supporting actor nomination for mm-hmm. for Collateral, which I was I was double checking and I had forgotten about that. If we weren't, I guess maybe he would have gotten the best actor nomination. Oh, it was definitely uh, <laughs> category <laughs> fraud. <laughs> yeah, we we have very very strong opinions about that particular Oscar season. I remember writing a blog. <laughs> they got so much wrong that year; it was frustrating. And we wrap up movies with the Disney Plus content, Lightyear in ninth, 211 million minutes, and Encanto, 208 million in tenth. 
Over to Acquired. Still somewhat interesting. This week, led by NCIS, 812 millimeters. That's not interesting. But we still have all this HBO Max content. Game of Thrones is second, 792 millimeters. And House of the Dragon, now up to three episodes, 781 millimeters viewed in third. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Speaking of category fraud. Seriously. <laughs> <sighs> They're saying that this is 260 million minutes per episode of House of the Dragon as opposed to 625 million minutes per episode of the new Lord of the Rings. And I'm just going to leave that hanging and let you draw your own conclusions there. I still have questions. Yeah. And and I I still say that they're adding an episode, but they don't have because it airs on Sunday, but they don't have the numbers for it. So there's there's still a chance this could be, you know, two episodes. I think they might be a week behind in the numbers, but they're adding an episode just because of how they calculate their data. But we'll need to see a a couple more weeks before we confirm that idea. (laughs) Yeah, I know we know a lot of people do watch this on HBO proper, which explains some of the the smaller numbers for this versus Lord of the Rings, but I still find this very suspicious. Yeah, I I, I guess I get it, but it, it's a new show. David, you it did... is definitely not acquired. Not yes. acquired. Yes, just just because it airs on HBO at the same time, you can watch it on HBO Max, doesn't make it acquired. Uh, but David, you willed it back to the list because in 10th, it's been a while, The Simpsons, 397 million minutes for 664 episodes. <laughs> Like somebody's listening to this and they're like, oh, right. The Simpsons hasn't been on for a while. We better get it on there. I should check those numbers. Yeah. Oh, wait, it should be here. Okay. I actually think there's an explanation here as little as I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm pretty sure that this was right when the new seasons episodes hit Disney plus. Yeah. That's curious on the timing of that. I guess it probably, is it around the time the the new seat, the new season began that they put the previous one on Disney for everybody who isn't the CW. It's generally two to four weeks before the new season begins. Hmm, Interesting. Okay. And I'm emphasizing generally here because there's tons of exceptions to all this, but that's just the way it kind of works right now. Yeah, I, I do like the, unless you're the CW part, because we always see those shows show up right after their season ended. I uh, mean, like, you know, they're still doing exit interviews around the time it's on Netflix. <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, that that's that's all I've got. I'm extremely curious to see where Rings of Power goes. I I mean, is there a chance we see football next week? Yeah. I honestly don't know if they'll include it. And if they include it, I know that Raul wants to know which of the categories it'll go in. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably probably acquired because who the hell knows at this point? <laughs> We've acquired the NFL, therefore it's an acquired series. Dragons versus football. Who you got? <laughs> <laughs> Someone green like that. Yep, that, that's all for the ratings for this week. All right, let's just take a brief minute maybe to talk about the box office as well. So yeah, uh, Don't Worry Darling didn't crack $20 million last last weekend after that somewhat impressive Friday, thanks to all the publicity. It came in with $19.3 million, which was good enough to win the weekend fairly easily. Uh, it's taking a big tumble this week, though, probably well under $10 million this weekend. Uh, but your top film for Friday was Smile. 8.2 million. The you know, horror movie, which had some really disturbing viral marketing placed at Major League Baseball games the previous weekend, where they had people in, in the stands that were visible on the, the standard view, just sitting there smiling and not really reacting to anything. That, that may have helped because I was not familiar with this movie till, till that happened. 
it was definitely something so unsettling that I saw any number of people who rarely talk about movies ask about Smile. It, it is an unsettling, the commercials, the trailer, the images that come Yeah, I, I then went and watched the trailer and was like, well, I'm not going to sleep tonight. That, that'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I do think it's interesting that we've kind of settled into this range where it seems like 19 million is what wins the weekend now. That's what's going to win. Yeah, and that's that's sad, but that that's the reality right now when we don't have the big summer temples or anything from Marvel. Uh, meanwhile, your other new wide release this weekend, Bros, which actually got excellent reviews, 1.8 million. You know when people complain about the movies, how it's all sequels and superhero movies and and just there's nothing original out there? Well, for the last month, you've kind of had a whole bunch of original movies and you're, you're not going to the to the theater. So that's why we get, you know, superhero movies and sequels and, you know, and all that. So yeah, you got to support these movies unless unless you want this sort of thing to happen. It's all your fault, people. Exactly. Just to be clear, the cinema score for Bros was an A, and the Rotten Tomatoes grade was a 91%, whereas Smile is at, actually not bad at Rotten Tomatoes, pretty good really at 75%, but a B- minus cinema score, which means mainstream America isn't ready for Smile yet. So the box office on these is reversed to what it should be in a perfect world where quality matters. All right. Thank you, Tim. As always, we close out with what's been keeping us busy this past week. And David and I watched the first episode of Interview with the Vampire. We had early access to it, which was kind of cool. It is sumptuous and gorgeous and actually very well acted. It goes in some unexpected directions, which is really cool. It's not an exact replica of the book or movie, but almost presents as a follow-up at this point. And I'm kind of liking that. I don't know if that's the same course they'll continue on, but it, it really does work. I appreciated that they did actually get a mention of the Mayfairs in there, since we know that they will also have a Mayfair Witches series coming up soon. So they are connecting themselves to that series, which is pretty cool. It's not necessarily going to be for everybody, I don't think. But if you liked the books, you're going to like this show. Tim, how about you? H.G. The Shape of Things to Come is a science fiction novel that was written in 1933. It is also the title of a movie that has absolutely nothing to do with the book and was the latest episode of the 13th season on Mystery Science Theater 3000 that premiered this weekend. Uh, the movie makes absolutely no sense at all. Jack Palance did a lot of like really unfortunate stuff between like his early career and then his like resurgence towards like the late 80s, early 90s, didn't he? Because what he's doing in this is just absolutely ridiculous. But the movie was incomprehensible, but it was a excellent episode, some really great jokes, good segments. Uh, the cast with Emily Connor as the host is top notch. I hope they make more. There are three more episodes remaining in, in the season, and I'm I'm excited for them because they are producing just a solid season, and hopefully it's successful enough where they're able to, to keep it going with, with this cast. That is awesome. David, how about you? In an unexpected twist, I probably liked Interview with a Vampire more than Kim. Uh, mm -hmm. I was driving her crazy in the first 20 minutes because I kept rewinding. I wanted to make sure I was hearing things 
I thought I was hearing because, yeah, she's not exaggerating. From a certain perspective, it is a direct sequel to Interview with the Vampire. Now, they give themselves some leeway there, but they reference events at the end of the film as if they had happened a few decades in the past, which I think is an absolutely brilliant approach to it. And then there was one other thing without going hugely into spoilers. At one point, there were a couple of characters doing something that is currently listed as illegal in many states, and they were literally flying in the process of it. And I turned to Kim and I said, have, have, have we been doing sex wrong the entire time? <laughs> Well, metaphorically, I have floated in the air many times. I haven't done it literally. They're having a lot of fun with this show. And I will say that the implementation of the various vampiric powers thus far has been very, very effective. That is an A-plus series premiere. And I cannot wait to see more. And by the way, we also finally, and I mean finally... Mm -hmm. Top, Top Gun, Gun. Too. and it was hilarious that we had to put it like on pause halfway through and whatnot but I kind of turned to Kim toward the end and I said you screwed me here because I had wanted to go see it in theaters several times and we always had stuff going on because we were moving into a house and we didn't we're going to go see that film in IMAX at some point because it is absolutely beautiful and it's the kind of special effects that are smart not the ones that are there just to be showy and that's something James Cameron has always done and this is another example of that that is a hot movie and I'm going to rewatch it a lot. Yeah, great movie. We will at first opportunity see it in IMAX. I'm sure it will return because, well, that's kind of the strategy these days, isn't it? Let's just bring back movies people like and show them in theaters again. So I think it'll come back. Thank you for listening to Streaming Into the Void. Please consider subscribing via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we welcome your feedback. Remember that we're on social media at Streaming Void and online at streamingintothevoid.com. If you like what you're hearing, please consider rating us and giving us a review in your favorite podcast player. Be sure to watch for us again next week. <laughs>